it was interesting hearing Mills, I think, like just mm. talking through his stuff and he's always been really open about talking it through. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't know how open he has been. I think in his podcast on JFDI, I think he's like... It's a recent thing for him. Talks openly. Yeah. But I th honestly think like hearing back and him messaging me, I think last week was like a big thing for him to come on here and talk about that stuff. So I think all the, the last three guests you've had there have, have been pretty, kind of been pretty forthright in their, you know, in their stories yeah. as, as mm -hmm. such. Like Tom, yeah, like talking about failing, basically failing his first, mm -hmm. his first venture. Damien was quite, I mean, Damien kept saying, I'm not reflective. And I was like, well, mate, you, you like them you're extremely philosophical so that didn't make i was like i'm like you are <laughs> um you know he's very philosophical about sort of money and what he's achieved and then mills yeah mills is is in kind of another kind of another level of openness to be fair because i think he's it sounds like he's going through it right now um it does seem to be a theme on talking business of like there's there is there is like a a certain sort of vulnerability in the in the different leaders i'd say they're all leaders aren't they in some form or founders or whatever you want to call them well, how did you find it scotty well those yeah just episodes. a round up yeah how did you find it Re really interesting to be fair like obviously i know uh, probably the least about all three and what what they've done in a way uh so i don't know i don't know what changes that i guess i was more uh curious as to specifically what they'd done um, but I think I, I think in many ways it's just kind of shaken up how I see investment in a way. Mm. Like it, it's a very like white male, mm. you know, like the, the free white males. <laughs> True. But all of them, and I, d I don't know what this is for like the rest of the game, but they've they've shaken up this idea that people with money or in control of money don't have you know people's best interests at heart. Um, and they weird like weirdly enough, all three of them genuinely hand on heart believe, you know that they they're incredibly like considerate, and caring people yeah. for the and like they, they uh, I I believe they want to change the world for the better yeah, through what they're doing. Um, and I feel like from an outside perspective, you wouldn't get that if you just heard the word investor. If you heard the word white male investor, you yeah. would you would immediately think greed. Yeah, ruthlessness, ca you know, capital capitalism. Yeah, yeah. And I think return I, on investment. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think you're right. Whilst it is, it's kind of unfortunate that all, pretty much all investors in the UK, to be honest, in the world at the moment are white, uh, white males. This podcast is white male at the minute. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Which is which is which uh, no, isn't ideal. We need to work. Yet, that. yet to hear from three white male investors who actually are investing their money in things that kind of push the world for, forward. I think it's it's good, it's good to have that as a rounded view. Do you know what I mean? Like to show that the yeah that there are people just because you're a white male investor doesn't necessarily mean you fit into that box of um, sort of greedy capitalist. Mm. To be honest, like, I've I've just enjoyed I've just enjoyed spending time with these people and just like yeah, picking yeah. their brains. Or, it made me realize I've never really spent like a good hour with Damien mm. to hear how he thinks and speaks. It's, to be honest, I'm selfishly doing it for that, and then yeah. and then. Just also, I've just loved seeing you, Scotty, just in action. Every <laughs> single one have come, has come out the room and literally almost under their breath said to me, like, where's Scotty from? Like, You're a very good host, mate. Thank you. Yeah, really like, where's, has he done this before? And I'm like, and on the Sanctus podcast the other day, you were sick. Thank yeah. you. I think but I just... I, I don't know. Do you, is, do you think it's because, like, 
you you're kind of you don't really know them and so you just ask the the, the most direct question whereas for me it's a bit more cloudy because I, I feel like i know their story sometimes i i would guess so because i mean it's, it's weird saying it because people keep saying like you're really good at this mm. um but i literally just think i'm only because i feel like a lot of people just want to like throw in throw their hat into the ring um, yeah, that's my problem uh, and because i know the least about it that's not really an impulse for me. I, I just want to ask more questions um, whilst also being careful that a lot of... I, d I don't know. I imagine people listening to Talking Business would know more about... Probably know more about business <laughs> than me, but I still ask the questions they probably know. Like, what are... Well, what or anything? What is what is a glass box brand? Yeah, <laughs> that one's yeah. a plug. That one's a Whoa, plug for later segue. topics. <laughs> Scotty, segue. No, so what are you asking us today? Like, what are we talking about today? Well, we're going straight into the glass box brand. Uh, well, I, less question, but more, I suppose, the reasoning hmm. um, behind it because you both of you champion champion that phrase. Yeah. So I, I, I guess it'd be good. Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Um, wait, let me... What is, glass what is a glass box culture? Or like... Or brand. Yeah. Because to be fair, we did, before this episode, we just threw that at Scotty, like, glass box culture. Yeah. And then we haven't said anything Yeah, glass else. box culture. Well, you said yeah. to me last night, what should we talk about? And then we were like, oh, we've done talking with investment. That's mm. boring now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we've yeah. just raised some investment, like, yeah. done. Um, and then we were talking... Talking about how we were talking about like how how we do business, mm. weren't we? And how we were talking about how you can't really get away with things too much th these days. Yeah. You know, like how you do business, people will eventually find out how you do business, and that plays out. You know, whether you whether you do in a good way or a bad way or whatever. So that that's kind of what we we're talking yeah. about. And so, I feel like on this podcast as well. Like we've talked about boots, we've talked about even just Mills and us too. Like us too is a company that's always tried yep. to, yeah. to to Mills and Sinks have always tried to live and breathe it and be really open about how they run the company. So yeah, I think it's come up a few times already. So what is a glass box culture? Try and describe it, Jamie. I just I can't. What, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember where the first time I saw the. I saw the phrase, and I, I mean, I'm, we definitely didn't coin the phrase, and I certainly yeah. didn't. Yeah. I saw it in like an article somewhere. And it was just making that point, which George has just said, really. It was like n now in, in 2019 or, well, even from probably five years ago that everyone know pretty much like information around your company or your brand is so widely accessible that kind of everyone knows everything. So, for example, like with Facebook, as a user, I use Facebook, but then in the media, I find out about their data protection mishaps and if i find out about that i'll just leave facebook so i you know the consumer has has got so much access to knowledge and also employees and stakeholders and customers of, of organizations are, are so empowered now to be able to share information freely that we can it's like there's nowhere to hide anymore so if i you know if i find out boots i'm going to use boots again boots. Sport, sports director is a great back. sports director is a great example if I am someone that really cares about sort of equality and fairness for employee rights and I find about Sports Direct do zero hour contracts, I may, as a consumer, if that doesn't align to my values, I may never ever shop there again. Yep. So Sports Direct have just lost a customer because I found out about their company culture. So I think that's the notion behind the, the glass box brand is that 
Genuine no. honesty and compassion. Well, not so much that. That may not be your values. It's just that people are going to make a decision on your brands based on how you do business because people are kind of going to find out, basically. Well, because the, the way I've seen it is that it means, well, may, maybe it doesn't expressly mean this, but you have to kind of make an active effort to be sharing what's going on inside your business. No, no. I, I think what Jamie is saying is like, it's a glass box. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, you can try your hardest to pull pull the curtains down, lock the front door and keep people off the lawn, but they're going to find their way in. They're so, going to, they get so Revolut, for example. Yeah, this is the best. Revolut's is a good, good example that came out. Who, in the who's press. Revolut? Re- Revolut, they're kind of like they a Monzo. The Monzo-esque online bank. Oh yeah, I've actually, I think Digital I bank. Yeah. I think they're the fastest growing, one of the fastest growing in the world. And, They've been getting loads of great press about how fast they're growing. And then in the last week, a big press article's come out about the culture there is like, because of that and the way it's being ran, it's really toxic, but essentially, like it's a really not a nice working culture, not a nice place to work. And I've heard the CEO talking in the past in interviews before this press article came out and he was quite open about that. He was a bit like, we are just want to grow. Like this is a place for people that want to grow. Like that's all, it's growth at all costs. But for me, when I read that, I was like, fuck, I don't really like that company. I don't really trust it. I don't feel safe around it, especially a bank where you can put in your money. I'm like, I don't feel safe around this guy and, and the way they're running that company. I'm not going to give, mm. put my salary in there. But they so, are a glass box brand. Well, I, th- I think. Because they're honest about it. I think, yeah, the CEO has been honest about it, but even that press article, it was going to come out that some of those employees weren't, weren't happy and then it's kind of there was a press story they've been on twitter it's, it's on it's on if you go on glassdoor the, the website where employees leave feedback on the workplace um it just comes out anyway so i think the ceo was quite honest about it but um it i think what we're saying is he didn't have a choice you don't have a choice like it's eventually whether it's in year one or year 10 it's going to come out yeah every, so, i think every brand is a glass box brand whether you like it or not and the revolute example is a good one because their values are shown very clearly how, by how the way they treat employees and, you know, someone like George and I'll never bank with Revolut because I don't believe like in whatever their values are, they don't align to mine. Yep. Yeah. So, so effectively what Glassbox culture is or brand is just what businesses are becoming now. It's, it's or like, have to be. Yeah. It's like the bloody restaurants that you go to and you, you know, you used to be able to get away with serving shit food and, and yeah. a shit kitchen you now got the hygiene rating on the door. You've got your trip advisor on the door. If, you, if you've got a shit kitchen, shit staff and shit food, no, you're done. You're done. Yeah. So you just can't get away with it anymore. Well, I think some, I think some brands are, are using it to their advantage as well. Yep. Like they're, they're proud of the way that they treat their employees or the way that they do business. And they share that really publicly. Um, Sanctus does that. Um, Monzo yep. does that. Um, you know, companies like Buffer over there in the US like talk about their company culture and their their inner they share the insides of their business because it gives customers and their audience a way of understanding who they who they kind of really are. So I think people some people are using it to, to your advantage, others are trying to keep it a bit more opaque and less transparent and I mean I suppose my worldview is that it's only going to become more, the world is only going to become more and more transparent and 
information is going to become easier and easier to access. So like I, I just think every company is going to be glass mm. box eventually. Like there will be nowhere to hide. Mm. Um, so well, you know, even, even people will get found out. Basically. And even the founders like um, like Boohoo um, or Pretty Little Thing, the the fashion brands. Yeah, the founders are on Instagram. Like I found the founders before I found the brand, and then I followed them, and they were like flash cars. I was a bit like, this guy's a bit kind of kind of showy. He show he shows off. Like yeah. he's, he's cool, but he shows off. He's, he's a bit of a show, he's a bit arrogant. That's how he comes across. But you know, everybody has access to his inst- his Insta, and that his Insta affects the brand. It's like Elon Musk and Buddy Tesla. Yeah. Elon yeah, Musk yeah. does a few tweets, and the the company share pr- yeah. price drops. Well, it sounds like the only thing that seems to have changed is tech and social media. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I think that's and and probably just people feeling, customers and employees feeling, sort of empowered in a way uh, feeling able to call people out and well should consumers take more of, or be more considerate like because take sports direct yeah. like i think i, they I are. don't think that the zero hour contracts is I, really affecting the business that much because it's still a massive business but it will be for some there will be some people who refuse to shop there but like will that actually be a significant hit for the business, because well, no, there'll still be a lot of people that don't care about that and just want some treat cheap That's trainers. What I mean, but like, you should, know, there, fair play. should there be more consideration towards it? I think people are very conscious consumers and and or are becoming very conscious consumers like, as people become more aware of their own values of what people mm-hmm. care about. People are going to become more considered with where they spend their money, and it happens with banks. Like that's why again, Monzo, millions of people moving from legacy banks over to Monzo because they trust Monzo more. I love Monzo. Um, exactly. Yeah, you love yeah. them. Like, think about <laughs> that word, that, love. It's a yeah. bank. It's, you know, but that's, you that, that's what's key about them. You didn't, you didn't love Barclays. I certainly don't. I think they're all right. I like Lloyd's. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like lo- It's so different. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, so and I think it's happening, um, movement towards plant-based eating, people being more considered in where yeah. they spend their money on, um, on food and stuff. Um, or, or how they eat. So I think as we all become more conscious, which I think is just happening, I think people will will be more con- considered with where they spend their money. And I just, I do genuinely believe, this is maybe just me, I think the ones that have got the fuck, like the ones that are dirty and greedy on the inside, they're fucked. Mm. Look at the banks, like the big banks. The reason they're fucked is because of that. People are starting to see or hear about what's going on the inside. Mm. Bankers skimming off big fat bonuses fucking over the little guy and people hate it and there's a massive revolution against it and i think that will happen don't get me, i'm not saying there won't be like cowboys and bad people that exist there will be and there will still be brands that like for someone like me maybe i'm like what they stand for something that i'm totally against mm. but there'll also be loads of people that look at what <laughs> i stand for and be like i don't stand for that as well so like, yeah um, people won't work with sanctus because like our values don't quite align with them and yeah. that's that's just how it is so you can't really fake that and i think yeah jmo's point of like i don't think the consumers ever had this much choice no you can choose now where you go and you never really used to have as much choice as this so you could be forced to brand and you wouldn't have anywhere else to go so actually it didn't really matter what they did behind the scenes because it is what it was what it was but now it's like I choose my my brand or what, where I buy based on what I value, and as a result, I won't shop there. I'll instead yeah. shop. And there. and as I think another like another one that's coming up massively. Two of them. One is mental health, and the other one is is the environment. The pla- yeah, yeah. The I think they're they're two massive ones. So I think people are will 
I believe will start to make decisions based on how um, environmentally friendly an organization is. Um, you know, I've, I already hear people talking about not shopping with Tesco because Tesco putting too many too many plastic bags on their on their hmm. food delivery. You know, Tesco are going to lose customers because they're using too much plastic. That that will happen, and and then other. And that's not just about treating your staff. It's not about you know, no. treating your employees. It's actually about the manufacturing. Yeah. Process. Yeah. Yeah. That's about like their documentary. Yeah. That's about their supply chain. Yeah. Where yeah. you know where McDonald's and KFC, where that Netflix documentary came out, where they were showing how the the food was made, mm. and it just literally was so shocking. It was like, oh my god, that's actually how they make the food. Yeah. Like that. Those documentaries didn't exist 20, 30 oh, years yeah. ago. People have been eating happily at KFC for years <laughs> and years, thinking this chicken's great. Don't get me started on KFC, mate. Sorry, mate. I yeah. know Jamie's, <laughs> Jamie's got a history with KFC. Yeah. We'll come back to that. It's almost like you just have to, there's almost a responsibility on people to make brands, glass box brands, uh, even if they don't want to. Well, like, there, there seems to be, I don't know, there seems to be, like, this effort now to expose people. I think we're saying it is, you're going to get exposed. <laughs> it's you know, going to happen. You are exposed. Yeah, from day Already one. exists. It's All impossible. it takes, if I'm McDonald's, and my hygiene procedures around making Big Macs, say, let's say they're really bad, right? They're shocking. All it takes is for a former McDonald's employee to go on LinkedIn, photo, little blog post about it, and it's got 30,000 likes. Done. Well, it's that easy. And that happens all the time. We've talked about a lot of negatives about. Mm. Oh, I was brand. just thinking. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. literally. But I, feel, I feel like we've painted the picture of. I've got a positive a straight, 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 straight on there. A similar thing. So, saw on LinkedIn the other day. Um, a ten-year-old child has written to the CEO of Qantas, the airline, saying, um, "I don't know what the original sort of letter was, but it, I assume, oh, uh, I assume it was something around sort of from what I saw the kid." The kid wants to start an airline one day. He's 10 years old, right? The CEO's written the kid back at a personal letter, like really like funny, like a bit tongue in cheek, but being serious and invited the kid and like his family over to like meet him in Australia to talk about the future of the airline industry. And it's been posted on LinkedIn and it's gone viral. And that, so everyone now, Qantas, we love them. The CEO's <laughs> a legend. I can't wait to fly with Qantas next time. And that's that's an example of... of it's like giraffe bread. Have you heard you're that? You're going to have to expand on that one. Uh, I'm, pre <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. This is uh, this is what somebody would tell me, but uh, uh, but I'm pretty sure this is true. Uh, you, like tiger bread. Yeah. Uh, well, somebody wrote into, I think it was Sainsbury's, saying mm. it looks more like a tiger or a kid. So they changed all of it to tiger. Uh, no, sorry, it looked more like a giraffe, and they changed all of it from tiger bread to giraffe hmm, bread. That's cool. So that's a <laughs> the giraffe bread. <laughs> that's, story. An, that's an example. Yeah, but no, you're right. Like, you yeah, with that Qantas example, it does change your perspective. It's like, oh, they're a company that cares. The CEO but is, cares. is that being open or is that because like that's also a it's good marketing. That's what I mean. Oh, but it but is like its likelihood is from mm. a cynical point of view mm. that that letter did not make it to the founder or the CEO. But this is what will happen. So that post goes on LinkedIn, 30,000 reshares. In the comments, there would be, if it was contradictory to the actual culture, employee, employee at Qantas. He's not actually like that. Employee at Qantas. <laughs> they, that's not true. Employee at Qantas. That's a marketing thing. Like, 
But if the general 100%. public get to it before, like, because there's only X amount of employees. No, because I, yeah, I, 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 know what you're I, I uh, but I, I disagree because I think people who've flown with Qantas would would comment saying, "Oh, doesn't matter if the CEO is a nice guy, my flight was shit." You know, so I think I, I think the the world has this amazing way of kind of finding the truth in a way. That's that's what I believe. It's a bit idealistic, um, and yes, it is good marketing. But and that will have gone through the marketing team. They would have thought about that. But I think that the only reason that's landed and worked so well is, is because it's true. Some truth to it. Some because they want to be seen that way. At the ve- well, at the very least, they want to be seen that way. So they're gonna have to keep it up in but, a way. And the reason it works is because. Th- I mean, the CEO's obviously actually written that. Like, I just think, yeah, you could fake it. Don't get me wrong, but it just doesn't. La- I don't think that will last. There's definitely companies. What, what you're trying asking, to Scotty, is like they've understood the glass book culture's a thing, and they're like, oh, they're, I've got, I've got, one. and they're playing the game. They're, they're playing the game, and and yeah, yeah. From, I think from, you from can, a cynical I, standpoint, definitely. And I think you can. I think you can. There's people vlogging. There's people doing loads of different things to create this front of like oh it's all good here yeah but i genuinely genuinely believe over time short term you can get away with it but long term you just can't well look at the um you'll get look at the lloyd's campaign about mental health right the the one in four campaign with the post-it notes on the foreheads lloyd's like they've obviously chucked what 400 500 grand at this campaign got a load of people to stick post-it notes on their heads about the mental illness or mental health condition they've got in aid of of supporting mental health and a mental health charity. One, I mean, they got the messaging all wrong about mental health. We can talk about that another day. But when I posted about that online and like put, did put my sort of two pence towards it, I got loads of people messaging me being like, yeah, worked there, terrible mental health culture. People commenting on my LinkedIn post saying, I wish they practiced what they preach. Another person who would struggled with their mental health saying, well, their customer support didn't treat me that way. So Lloyds can fucking talk about mental health if they want, but they're not walking the walk about it. They don't have any decent internal policies about mental health yet. They think they can just jump on this bandwagon and talk about it as a topic. Do you think that's you, when it's contrived and people see through that so fast? Do you think that they should? Because you all know that because obviously you were aware of it from mm. being in the mental health world, but also yeah. being in this world of LinkedIn, which is like the, the workplace world. Yeah, but a lot of people won't be on. LinkedIn. No. Not because, like, nowadays it's more important of a thing to be, you know, to be more aspirational, yeah. I suppose. But if, you, if you're more likely to be uh, doing a certain type of job, then you're not going to be need to yeah. be that. Do you think there's more, there should be more access to uh, to see inside yeah, I a think business? There's a, there's a few, yeah, it's a good question. There's a few, like we used to, I still do, go on Companies House. And Companies House, you can literally see the makeup of a company. You can see like who's the directors, yeah, who, like, who's on the board. I don't know why I'd do it, but if I was going to work with a company, I'd just look at. I'd be like, who are they? I just want to know. Yeah, like, same. I always look at how if they've raised money. Yeah, I just want to kind of know like who are they? Um, well, just because, yeah, there's something about it. There's something like it's what you do on a personal level. Like when you meet somebody, you get the first little bit. But really, to really get to know them and really develop a real relationship with people, where it's like there's some depth to it. You've got to go below the surface and you've yeah. got to get to know who that person is. And it's the same with business. Like you want to, and basically you just want to go back to kind of as far back as you can, which usually is like the founding team or, or whatever. Um, so I've always done, so there's Companies House, there's like, there's, there's loads of platforms where it's like seeping out. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. just LinkedIn, yeah. it's coming yeah. out of all places. Like 
YouTube vlogs of somebody in the retail shop saying how bad the experience has been. Million views. And yeah. I, I do think, though, that just people are very intuitive without knowing it. I, I think people make these judgment calls every single day in a millisecond without thinking, of, you know, someone picks up a can of Pepsi and a can of Coke and for whatever reason is drawn to the can of Coke over the can of Pepsi. Yeah. Like there's a, we know marketeers have tried to work out for centuries why that is, it's, but it's emotional. It's not a rational decision. They, they post rationalize, but you buy, you buy emotionally. Well, I think Timpsons is a good example. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Cause we, we, we bring it back, but yeah. I, I, I fail to see how Timpsons, it could still be such a big, you know, well-known uh, re- well, yeah. uh, chain yeah. without their, you know, well, without their specific KPI of... Um, a story. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, with being employee-focused. Mm. Um, because, I mean, may- maybe it's just me, but it, it seems like an outdated... No, mate, the repair market's not pretty big. The what? watch repair, shoe repair market. Ma- maybe I am I'm ignorant in that. <laughs> um, no, but yeah. I think, the, well... I think I know the really interesting part of this is your both well both well Sanctus really Sanctus's glass box culture. Yeah. At what point did well were you aware that Sanctus was a glass box culture or was going to be a glass box culture? <laughs> the day that JMO was writing blog posts, which was like years oh yeah, because it was years ago. On. We didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. JMO's yeah. JMO's opened bared his soul from day one. Yeah. So it's like he's let everybody in before it was even a yeah. business. And, and again, back to the point, it already was. So, you know, the way in the very inception of the way the company started, me writing and talking about mental health. If I was just in mental health, if me and George were just in mental health to make money, you would have worked that out in about 30 seconds. Just go on our like. Instagram. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You can just straight away. So I think in every business, it's so important to have a level of congruence between in an early stage, especially between the founders and their personal mission and and the mission of the business. If it's incongruent, I think people that's that's, people that's will, the point. People yeah. will f- sense it immediately. So for for us, fortunately, it's true. Like we have this. I'll use congruence again. We have this alignment to the mission, but. I, we all, I just was aware that it was there anyway. So I'll be honest, I've then used it to our advantage. Well, who, um, who does it benefit the most? Uh, if you take out the fact that, you know, Sanctuary's actual product, how that benefits question. people, but who does having this attitude and openness benefit the most? I don't oh, it def- well, Try and be as honest as possible. I actually, my first one that came to mind, honestly, was employees and for us, co- and for us coaches in the same way. Like, I just think... For for people who are gonna work uh, alongside you, for them to know um, that the the brand and the people behind it are authentic, I just think is massive because they're gonna spend so much time with you. They're gonna invest a lot into you. Um, there's and, no, and there's you, nothing wor- worse than working at a company where the values are on the wall and then actually like day to day, it crushes people. It cr- it's, it's devastating. It's and and I think for our coaches. Our coaches love knowing about me and George. Like they, they literally love mm. it. It fills them with such sort of joy because they want to know that the brand that they're aligning themselves with, that they're literally putting on their chest when they're when they're coaching someone, which is a very intimate space, is aligned to the to the people who kind of started it and the other people that represent them 
you know, in an office at HQ. So I think it's very important for your customers, for I mean, for your employees, and then I think your customers again to know that they're going to spend money with with a brand, which is basically just a set of people. Mm. You know, it's just a set of people behind it. So to know that those people are in it for the right reasons, that they're that they're aligned with the mission, I just, I, for everyone, I, it's not really mm. more important for anyone. But the, the biggest thing, it's really, so the biggest thing for people that uh, join Sanctus that I've heard over and over again uh, is from the outside, I've been following you, know what you feel like and know you, know what you're yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest fear, yeah. I've heard this so many times, is that I'm going to come in and you and Jamer are actually the best marketers ever. <laughs> yeah. And actually behind the scenes, <laughs> it's not like that. Mate, That's like, people are scared of Mate, of, there'll still be people it. who think that, 100%. Definitely, definitely. 100%. Uh, yeah, there will be people out there that think that. Jamer gets, Jamer gets... I've been called a fucking shitty sh- marketeer. Snakes, what were you called? <laughs> snake skin, snake skin salesman. like, yeah. you know, know it's like, and I that, mean, come yeah. on, mate, like read my fucking newsletter. Have no, a, you know. But... I get why <laughs> they don't know they don't know you like yeah, I do yeah, and yeah, yeah. or like you know us, Scotty. It, so. it makes sense. I, I mean, so actually, what I what is important to me is the way you, Scott, at the, at the weekend talk to people about about me. That's genuinely that's yeah. how I think. I honestly, what matters to me is the way Scott talks about me is what I care about because they're they're the things that you'll be honest down the pub with the lads. Yeah, he's good, but he's, he's a bit... That They're the things that actually matter. And I remember Soph. Like, Soph's probably, like, one of the um, most sort of senior highest, let's say, we've we've made at Sanctus. You know, she, was a, she yeah. was a coach. Um, and then we asked her to kind of join the, the team full-time, um, which is a big step for people to go from a mm-hmm. kind of, you know, cushy, comfortable f- freedom of a self-employed coach to, to being part of something. And um, I remember like me and her went for like a sit down in the park for about five hours. And and she said to me, look, I, I deeply resonate with the mission and and why we're doing this work. But the reason I want to work at Sanctus mm. is, is how is how you and George run the business. Not why. The why was important. So she resonated to why we why we exist, the purpose of Sanctus. But then the the main her main reasoning for joining the team full time was about how we're doing business, which has always stuck with me since. Um, because I think it's something that people don't talk about that often. Because everyone talks about, oh, start with why, find your why, what's your purpose. Um, yeah, the the how you do business, I honestly think is what is what uh, keeps people, creates loyalty, creates trust, and and you. You can't have one without the other. You could have an incredible mission and purpose, but if the way you did business was shoddy, then it would mean absolutely nothing. Well, going back to the... Boom! Yeah, you've been going crazy off there. No, that was... Uh, <laughs> uh, behind the scenes, I'm like... drop it. Yeah. <laughs> well... Shit, that was good. My count, because you've said employees would benefit the most. Mm. I think you two stand to benefit the most in many ways because it, for, <laughs> <laughs> well the, the, this, isn't, much, yeah. this isn't I've me dropped saying, the mic. <laughs> this isn't me saying that i don't benefit obviously i do but like from your standpoint if i was in your position and i know both of you feel like the pressure of the business so it's not exactly but like imagine how much that more that pressure would be oh, Scott. It, so let's say let's say you were uh, you you were the founders of sports direct and then you you would f- I, I fail to see how anybody, even how awful a human being, 
they they still feel responsibility for the people underneath them and they may just see that as that's the world we live in but they still feel responsibility of it if they put up and said look we're you know this is what you this is what you get like you, you just you just said this is what you get at this business these are our values that takes the responsibility off you because people know what they're getting in for. Um, so you say like Revolut, if they if they were just honest and they, um, I think they like, are, which yeah. is which well, that's works. Yeah. Like, and if if they if they take that value through to the interview stages um, yeah. when people uh. are joining and like, look, this isn't easy at all. Um, you probably could get paid better elsewhere. I don't know for the amount of work you're going to have to do. Um, I don't know. We'll try to support you as much as possible, but we are a fast-growing business. So it's going to be difficult that takes responsibility off the people at the top shoulders meaning uh, I'm so nodding my head yeah no from 100%. my standpoint because uh, i mean I, I could only imagine how difficult it would be if the business goes through hardship yeah. and you have to keep that from everyone and, and that's why mate i can't i'm nodding so much my head hurts um like boohoo like uh, and pretty little thing i fo follow the guy and he's just himself and he can't fucking help it he drives lamborghinis when I lived in Manchester, <laughs> he, used to drive, he used to drive up to the front door in his Bentley. And everyone knows that that's how he is. That's how we run the company. When the people join, they they know that that's the company. And, and you feel that. He's like, look, this is this is us. And I that's authentic. You don't need to be like me and Jamie, like the kind of emotional guys like that are really compassionate. And like he's not that. So cool. Live that. And the same with Revolut. I, I genuinely love it. And that's honestly, take... To keep up a front, like we lived it in Match Chat, but it was a small company. I don't know how these people at the top of banks, the amount of stress, energy, money, resource that must it must take to keep on that front, it honestly must be crushing. I mean, it's yeah. crushing the business anyway, but personally as well, it's crushing those people yeah. because they're having to, like, basically like push it down. You know, mm. suppress something like every day um must be so hard yeah i bet mike ashley's mental health isn't fantastic but uh, i don't know again mike i would ashley. argue because maybe yeah that is just who he is we're just values he values yeah cheap. that's his values yeah. and we and we may not agree with them and we may not align to them and i'm sure if mike ashley was here we might have a lot of arguments about you know heated discussions about the way the world works but if that's again congruent aligned to who he is then I kind of think fair play to be honest. Like I actually, I actually haven't, I haven't got a problem with that. It's, it's disingenuity mm. that I have a problem with when people um, are faking it or, and, and to be fair, or feel unable to to be who they are. I think that's that's a shame. Um, but I think you're right. And actually, to be fair, I would say it's when I said that it's the best for employees. I would include me and George in that. Okay, like yeah. we are employees. In a way, yeah, it's obviously a different kind of relationship, but we work here too. So for me to be able to work somewhere where even, if, fair, fair enough, if I have, do have a, the founder role or a leadership role and I'm able to just be myself and not have to be something I'm not and, you know, I can work in a place where I get to talk about what's going on and da -da -da -da, whatever. I don't have to lie to anyone, all that sort of stuff. That feels great. Yeah, it does. It feels fucking brilliant like it's not it's not exhausting do you think having a glass box culture breaks down hierarchy in a business or breaks down maybe a, a strict hierarchy no no i think no, at, because, at its finest it should acknowledge difference 
I think if if you try and say, oh, we're all open here, we're all flat, then to be honest, you're being as fake well, as you were before. I don't mean it like that, but I mean it in terms of like breaking down the, the, the borders, I suppose, in, in a hierarchy. No, because, because like yeah. from, from your standpoint, if you um if you kept again, if we if we get went through hardship. It, as you don't have to keep that from us and it is open mm. and in many ways you're accountable for yeah. what you do because you're so open mm. and if you were dishonest then you know then all of a sudden you know even small things yeah. you have to kind of be honest from I here think, on out I think it makes us more approachable I would say well, but that's us mate like for Mike mm. Ashley his authentic self won't be approachable for Umar um, Pretty Little Thing like his authentic being won't be like that either so there'll be serious hierarchies in those companies because that's how they'll from day one they'll say it's it's run so but like so because there have been there have been things in the sanctus team mm. that i mean me personally i've disagreed with mm. uh, both of you about yeah but i wouldn't if you weren't I, I honestly think if you weren't as honest online which effectively is to the world <laughs> yeah then i'd feel less likely to be able to say that because i know I don't know. Maybe it breaks down authority rather than hierarchy. Yeah, I, I think that's something on the, I think that's something more about something probably that we value that so you know. You than I think so. Yeah, I think it's like we value like me and George value, and then we've kind of codified into Sanctus. Let's say um, some sort of value around let's let's call it. I, I've not got the word for this, but some sort of value around like fairness and equality. Like we really believe at Sanctus that we want everyone to, to be heard. And to have a voice, like, mm. and I think we live that, you know, in the way we make decisions and yeah. um, the way we ask people to challenge challenge us. That's a value of ours. Mm. There's a lot of businesses that don't have that value. Their value might be, yeah, something else like mm. hierarchy and efficiency and getting things done quickly. And let's also be clear, the value of equality and fairness and having everyone's voice heard also causes problems sometimes too. Yeah. So mm. it's great in many ways, but also it has a, yeah, it has a kind of a pro and a con. Because I'm interested to see, because in many ways, like I honestly say it, I feel like a lot of people will see Sanctus and go, yeah, it's easy where you are now, at a, you know, 10-person full-time business. Yeah. But like I do struggle to see, and I think it will be huge, if Sanctus expanded to 150-person business, how that expands. Fully agree. Can't wait. Fully agree. Because that's real complete, challenge. Completely yeah. agree. I, like, I want us to go through hard, real hard time, yeah, and I want to see how I respond to that and we respond to it, and I want us to be to be running I, a much I bigger business. I honestly can't wait. Because I'll be the first, hope in my head, I'll be the first to be like, guys, the way we used to run it isn't working. Mm. Uh, I want to get to, to a point like that. We need to change that. What would you expect? What would you anticipate I don't know. could change? All I know is there's not many companies I can look to for inspiration on that. No, really? agreed. So I'm, I'm like, we're genuine, genuinely at the some forefront. I don't know what. So we're going to have to figure it out ourselves. And, I, and I'm like, I'm excited for that. I, ca I can't wait. And I think it's the question we get asked all the time. Like um, the other day I wrote um, a stakeholder update. So yep. write a monthly update to um, our employees, our investors, and our coaches, and everyone gets the same level of communication. And I got a lot of emails back being like, oh, this is great, this is so sanctus. And then I got a couple of emails back being like, just kind of watch out, because when times are hard, it becomes more difficult to communicate in this way. And I'm telling you now, I can't fucking wait. Because I, I honestly, like, I don't know what it is in me, and, and you can call me out if I don't do this, 
but I would honestly rather Sanctus burns to the ground than I sacrifice change who you are. I just can't. I will refuse to do it. I honestly refuse. Like I would, I would rather stand up on a podium and be tell the full warts and all truth, and half the room walk out. But I, I would I, honestly, because it separates who wants mm. who wants to be like this is what's happening. Who wants to be? If I said Scott, you know, we're we're really struggling. This is going on, and you said, you know, fair enough. This one's not for me. I'm off. Fair yeah. enough. Like. I hope that wouldn't be the case, but but that that <laughs> that question I get people giving me all the time because like they're like, mate, it's easy for you. You mm. you're a startup and you work in mental health. Of course, you've got to be open and honest, and that it almost annoys me because I'm like, I don't genuinely. I know that that's helped us, but at the same time, I'd believe it if I was running a the watch repair business still genuinely. So, well, is it is it more of a is Sanctus different in the extent that you know? We've started out expressly with the values that, and as you say, you, you seem almost excited for those values to be challenged yeah. mm. because to to almost prove to everyone how genuine. I can't. Because yeah. I, I want I to, I want to show other people that this way of working can be done. Yep. People still don't believe no. us. Okay, so thanks. So, and thanks the reason they don't is because they use the excuse of you're a startup and you work in mental health, yeah. and I want to show like we're a hundred person company, we're doing this revenue, we're doing all these different things. It is doable. Um, or I want to be honest about how hard it is. Like I want to be honest on here or internally or however to be like, look, this isn't always easy. And I think sometimes as a brand or, you know, for us, we, we some, I think from the outside, people think we're all kind of like, you know, happy Larry. What's the fucking phrase? You know, happy like, as Larry. Yeah, in, internally. Mm -hmm. And I, I do want to be honest about when it's hard because I think that's important. Got to be honest. Mm. Do you think know if this will be a final question or whatever but do you think if sanctus failed that would be proof that maybe it doesn't work maybe or it's just the market or it's mm. just execution or there's so many there's so many things that play into it i think this whole episode has been like how you do business and i think like we're fixated on like we found a why and now it's like now we're working on the how yeah. And actually we've realized that like, J-Mo has been saying it to me for the last few weeks, that line that he said earlier, that was everyone talks about why you do business. No one really talks about how you do business. That's actually what we've become, we've become passionate about. Yeah. Mm. And That's what you, you, you're, I'm actually, you, you, you brought that to the table really as Sanctus. I, I'd in explicit terms, like I'd, I'd thought loads about the purpose and the mission and the vision and the values. Um, but, and I kind of knew those things, but you you definitely brought that to the table more than me, like in how we talk to customers and stuff like that. Mm, Playing the long um, game. Yeah, how we, how we do sales and, mm. um, you know, all that all that stuff. And I think it's, and then other people in the business, like Sophus brought that in into how we, how we, how we work with our coaches and, and, and everything. Um, if Sanctus fails, no, I don't think so. I, I think, I think this is part of a wider sort of, I think word the world is moving this way anyway not not just on an organizational level on on an individual level. I think that's why I feel so strongly about it because I believe as humans we are all striving towards well I feel like I'm moving to like authenticity is like the goal of my, like I'll never reach it it's impossible but to just be who I am in the moment that's how I live my life that's what I want to achieve not like Nirvana or whatever it's just being me like just being James. So 
you know, if that doesn't work, then fly the world off. I don't want to be here. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. Like, well, if that's been the a, case. On an individual level, I know what you're trying to wrap us up here, but like well, recently, um, or last year, Kevin Hart cheated on his wife. Mm. And he came out the next week on Ellen and talked about it because he dealt with it with his family, talked to his daughter about it, talked to, sorting it out. And he came, and he, rather than legally hiding it, paying lawyers to shut, shut that up, no, and indeed. pretend it didn't happen, he was honest and said, I fucked up. And he'd said it to the world. And I was so inspired by it. I was like, yeah. it was amazing. And, and it didn't take away the fact that he did, he fucked up, but he was honest about it. And I feel like that's what, how we want to do business. Like, I know I'm going to fuck up. I know I already have loads. And I know we're going to keep fucking up. But I want us to, like, talk about that and not be scared of it and be honest about it. Well, then, as I guess Sanctus is more of more than glass boxing, anyway, it's almost like you smash the glass and it's just everyone, you know, <laughs> come in, put, yeah. like, audit us at any point, any any part of the business. Um, in, in a way, uh, then do you think that attitude is because of both of your belief that the world is changing, that the world of business is changing, or it's mainly from a culmination of your experiences before Sanctus? experiences before Sanctus first and foremost I think for me anyway it's like yeah I just had I've had I had an experience of I honestly like I don't I think the more I'm talking about this in like therapy and stuff I don't think it's about just how I was building match chat I think I lived pretty much like nearly it's tough I, I want to make sure I say this right not my entire life I lived my I lived for a long time conforming to what mm. what was socially palatable and what was acceptable and what other people trying to fit in a box that I thought I should put myself in. And and I, I suppressed parts myself that, I suppressed who I really am. Like, you know, at school I was never creative. Like now I class myself as a creative. That is like, anyone who knows me at Sanctus is like, Jamie, that's like who you are. Yeah, I never, express that part mm. of myself um so yeah i think for me it's i just that was that's been my personal experience of of wanting to move towards a more kind of authentic version of of me basically and and i suppose yeah and i want that for others i want that for future generations and i want and i want that to to be done through business as well I think we roll. I think we. <laughs> I'm done with that one. That's. I think we wrap it up there, mate. That was unreal. Yeah. Mic drop. Mic drop. I've just been nodding again, smiling. It's been a pleasure. It sounds cheesy, but it does kind of sound like it all comes back to mental health. We've somehow come back. Jamo's pulled it all the way back from the start. That's to what I mean. Talk I about like his therapist. And talk about an therapy. And talk about his mental yeah. health. So yeah. Well. Cheers, Scotty. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers Jamo. Fresh. <laughs>